Wow, cool. So before I start, I did get a few words. So if that's okay, I'd like to give those. So Justin, for you, um, I was sitting back there and I kept getting um, Psalm 84, 6 and 7. Um, and it says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. And so I feel like um, God is saying to you, like, um, you know, like the place that's been hard and difficult, like you were saying, like God's going to make that a place of rain. Like there's going to be, um, it's going to be fertile ground. Like um, what's God, you know, that, that tilling and that plowing, like in your heart has been hard. But I feel like um, God's saying, you know, in that place, you know, it's going to make it, you know, in that hard place, he's going to make it a spring. He's going to make it soft. And, you know, it says they go from strength to strength. So uh, I feel like God too, like, um, just to remind you, like, your weakness isn't a liability, but it's an opportunity for God to manifest his strength through you. Um, and so I just feel like God wants you to just know that he sees you as strong even when you don't feel that in you. Um, so I just encourage you with that. And uh, Mallory, um, I saw you on this, like, roller coaster, and I, I saw, like, at first you were, like, going around the twists and turns, and you were, like, you know, screaming, but you were, like, scared. You weren't just, like, screaming because you thought it was cool like some people do, you know? But I saw you just like, you were, you were just like afraid and you were just like on this coaster and you're like, where is it going? Where is it going? But then I feel like, like Jesus, like when you came around again, you know, and everybody gets off or some people stay on, like Jesus came and sat with you and you put on your restraint and you're just like, you're going around. I feel like you were just enjoying it. Like with Jesus with you, like you're having such a fun time and like what was hard before and like what wasn't fun at all, like became this like awesome adventure with God. And so I feel like that's kind of like your life. Like you've had this like roller coaster where it's like things in life are hard, but I feel like in that same place, like God's going to make your life fun again. He's going to make it a thrill, like a thrill to experience him, a thrill to be with him. And you're just like, you're not going to, it's going to be like, you're going to have such joy in the surprise of what he's bringing to you next. So I just encourage you with that. And then the girl behind William in the grace, what's your, what's your name? Don Reese. That's cool. Oh, okay. I saw you like, um, like a lot of your friends, you see you as kind of like that sweet little girl. But I feel like there's this warrior inside of you, like there's this warrior princess on the inside that God's calling forth and he's releasing. Um, and I just see like, you know, one of the names of God is the Lion of Judah. And I just feel like you're, you're going to roar like with that same roar of, of fiery love and zeal that God has. Um, and then I had one more. Um, what's your name in like the red shirt right here? What's your name? You with the Coca-Cola shirt. Yeah. Max, is that what your name is? Okay, yeah. I just saw that... Um, God just really loves who you are, um, and he just loves your uniqueness, um, and don't be afraid to be who you are, um, you know, because in life, you know, people may criticize what we do or who we are, but I just really feel like um, God's going to make you to a place that you're going to be okay with the way that he's made you, um, because he loves you just as you are, and you, just your life, just you being you, and you being who God made you to be, uh, just brings him so much joy, um, and he just... I just see like him just smiling down on you and he just wants you to see just that smile and that delight that he always feels toward you. So, all right. So, um, I want to pray before I start talking. So God, um, I thank you for this night, Lord. I thank you for this group, God, this amazing group of forerunners, God, that are just gonna, that just burn before you, God. Uh, I just pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, you would anoint my words, Lord, to, to speak uh, your truth from your heart to God, to these awesome forerunners, God, of what, um, of what you know they need to uh, hear in their life right now, God, to encourage them um, and build them up. God, just have your way in me, have your way in this place. I thank you for the freedom and joy um, that's already here, God. So I just ask you, God, to increase, God, even more. Amen. So um, my notes here.
So I came up with a title for my message tonight, um, and I got from God, Love That Awakens Courage and Truth. Um, and I really feel like in the love that we experience from God, there's always a response. There's always a response from our hearts. Um, he awakens truth in us that causes us to see ourselves as he sees us and love him in the same way. His love, when it touches our heart, it melts fear, and it awakens courage and boldness. Um, and I really feel like, you know, we're, we're a church called Blazing Fire, you know, and that comes from Revelation 114 saying, you know, that Jesus is before the throne and his eyes burn like blazing fire. And in the message, it says his eyes pour forth fire blaze. And so I really feel like in that place, it's that fear and that courage melts because it melts in the fire. You know what happens when you put something in the fire? It, it, it melts away, you know. And so um, God's love is here to it's here to melt all the fear uh, and doubt in our hearts that we have sometimes. Um, if you have your Bibles, um, turn to First John. I want to read a couple of verses there. Um, yeah. Awesome, Malachi. Cool. <laughs> so uh, first verse I have is First uh, John 4.18. If you're there, say amen. amen. I'll give you a couple seconds here. Amen. Yes. Is everybody there? 418. And it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And the next one I want to read is 1 John 3, 1. So just like flip your page a little bit the other way and you'll be at 1 John 3. And so 1 John 3, 1 says, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. And I just, I just was really quickened to me this week as, uh, you know, th the love that God pours out on us, it releases our true identity. Like it calls us forth as who we are, um, that we're royal princes and princesses of God's kingdom. Like, you know, we're like the king and he is the king and we're like his princes and princesses in his kingdom. And so that means like everything that is his is ours as our, as, uh, our inheritance. Like we don't have to work for it. It's just ours. I just think that's so awesome because, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, he even said, you know, greater things than these you'll do. Um, and so, you know, we think about all the amazing things Jesus did. You know, he healed the blind man. You know, he raised, you know, Lazarus and stuff. But he says, you know, even greater things than that. So that just gets me excited. You know, like what are these greater things, God, that, that you're releasing through us? You know, how can we connect to that? But the first thing we love always has to be the foundation. Love always has to be the thing that we live by, that we have to know that God loves us and God likes us. That even on our worst day that he's ravished over us, he, his opinion of us never changes. Um, his, uh, his love for us isn't based on performance. You know, sometimes, you know, when we do something cool, you know, we're like, oh, that was, that was great worship leading or, well, that was great word you gave. But God, God, God likes you and he's delighted with you even if you don't do any of those things, even if you never do anything for him. If you just sit and be with him, like that delights his heart more than anything else. It's just you being with him. And so you don't have to perform to be loved. You know, like in our culture, there's so much of, you know, if we do good things, people like us, people accept us, you know. And I just really feel like um, God just wants to pour his pleasure into those places of us where we feel like broken, where we feel like, you know, I always have to perform to be loved. I always have to do something to be loved, you know? Because one of the deepest longings of the human heart, and God put this in us, is the longing to be loved, the longing to be accepted. There's this God-shaped hole in our heart that only he can fill. 
And the thing about God is that he always meets us right where we're at. We never have to change or feel like we have to be good enough or we have to clean up our life enough for God uh, to want to be with us, uh, to come be with us, you know. And, and there's always more to experience with God, you know. The minute we said yes to him, his fullness indwells us. His fullness is inside of us. But, but there's, we, we can grow in that depth of understanding and to the level that we walk in what he already paid for on the cross, what he finished when he died and said, it is finished. And I just made me think of, you know, when you have stagnant water, you know, it's water, but it stinks, you know. And so I just, you know, I feel like, you know, if we're not growing, we're dying, you know. It's, there's no, we can just stay here. If we're not growing, we're dying, you know. And in John seven thirty eight, the Lord says that on the inside, rivers of living water flow through us. His living water flows through us, pouring life into those dead places, awakening those dreams in our hearts that maybe we have forgotten about or think, God, that's too extravagant for you to do. But I feel like he's, he's breathing life on those places again. He's pouring, he's pouring life into those places of our hearts. And um, at the last Jesus Culture Conference we went to, when, when Banning Liebscher, the director, uh, he, was, he was preaching that last session, and this, this quote he said just stuck out to me. And he said, people will sign up for a cause, but they will give their lives for love. Um, and I just love that so much, you know, because love has to be the starting point. Everything God does is motivated out of love. Even, even when he corrects us, even when he chastens us, it's to make us stronger. He's saying, you know, my child, I love you so much. I don't want you getting tripped up with that, that sin or that thing because I want to see you step into all that I called you to be. I want you to be free to pursue everything that I paid for on the cross. And so when he does that, it's to make us, it's to make us full in him. It's to make us fully satisfied in him. He wants us to be fully satisfied in his, in his presence, in his likeness. He wants us to, be, us to be satisfied when we awaken his likeness. Um, and his love is so much greater. His love conquers all, even our mistakes and our shortcomings. Um, his love is greater. His love is higher. And nothing could ever separate us from that love, that love that he loves us with the same love with which he loves his son, Jesus. And I just, that when I first heard that, that just really wrecked my heart because it's, you know, how much God loves Jesus, you know, they're, they're one, you know, in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but he loves me with the same love that he loves his own son, you know, and we are accepted as sons and daughters. Um, you know, we have the same, in, in the Jewish culture, the, you know, the ones who were adopted had the same privileges as the ones that were blood, sons and daughters, and that's how it is with God. You know, we are, um, we have his full inheritance, you know, we're not, um, we're not orphans, but we're accepted. We're adopted into his plan for us. Another quote I saw once. Actually, is Josh Knight still in here? Where is that boy? On your Facebook profile a long time ago, I don't know if you remember this, but you had this in this box, that little box it used to have, you know, before they changed the layout again. Yeah. And, and it said, God never started loving me. He always has. And I just really picked up on that because that's really powerful because it's like, it's it's nothing we can stop. You know what God started, we can't stop. Um, and he can't stop either. You know, it's something that you never start, you can't stop. Um, it's just an inherent characteristic of who he is. You know, he is love. You know, you've heard this before, God is love and love is God. You know, it's interchangeable. But um, because God, uh, he's always in a good mood towards us. You know, even even on the day we think is our worst day or we're feeling like, man, why am I still struggling with that? Why am I still doing this sin or whatever? God is like... I love you, even in that place, you know, and, um, you know, he's a glad father, and I just, I always love that chorus that you sing, Todd, that, you know, he's a good, good God, he's a glad, glad father, he has a happy heart, and he's in love with me, and it just sums it all up, you know, it's, it's, it's his heart for us that never changes, and, and with that same love, God calls us to love others, you know, 
and we can't even love God or other people unless he first gave us that ability. Like he gave us the capacity to even experience love, receive love and give love. And in 1 John 4, 19, it says we love him because he first loved us. And we can't even love ourselves until we get a true revelation of how much God loves us, adores us and cherishes us. And we're so, wor- we're so worth it to God, we're, we're made in his image and it's in him that we find who we truly are. It's only in him and even as we, you know, we spend time with God in the secret place, you know, that's so important and we get to know him better but as we get to know him better, we get to know ourselves better because we are one with God and as we find out who we are in God and as we love ourselves with that love, we can't help but the overflow, the overflow of it is loving, is loving others, you know, and, and Jesus in Matthew twenty two thirty nine. You know, he was reminding us of the second great commandment. You know, it says, you should love your neighbor as yourself, you know. But we have to understand how he feels about us or we can't, we can't, we can't love ourselves rightly. We can't love others rightly. And in our pursuit of God, as we pursue God, it's a mutual thing. It's a mutual pursuit. He pursues us as we pursue him. So even when we feel like, I know in my life, sometimes I'm frustrated. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm not spending time with you enough. I feel like I'm not praying enough. I'm not, I'm not reading my Bible enough, Lord. You know, what's wrong with me? And God is like, you know, if it, it all depended on you, then it would fail, you know. And God takes what we give. He takes that small part that's weak sometimes when you're just like, you know, like the misty track. You know, I'm not giving up, you know. You know, I'm not giving up. I'm not quit. You know, I'm staying in the game, you know. Don't give up. Don't give in. If you don't quit, you win. It's like some days we feel like that, you know, like, God, I can't go after you today like all I know. You know, today was hard, but it's like God saying, you know, just the fact that you didn't give up is you're winning. You know, you're defeating the enemy, just that you're persevering and staying strong to me and you're, and you're believing my heart even when you, you, you maybe can't see me fully moving in your life, that you trust me, that you trust that I'm good. You trust that I'm always good. You trust that I'm faithful. And there's times in my life I felt like, God, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not worthy, you know, like I don't feel like I'm doing enough, but God is like, you know what, you're more than enough. You know, it's, um, you are always more than enough. Like I place immense, God places such immense value on us that he sent his son to die for us, you know. And uh, I just want to read Romans eight thirty-eight and 39. Um, I mean, you guys have probably all heard the scripture, but says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 39. And that just really encourages me. That lets me live from that place of rest, you know, where I, I can rest in how God thinks and feels about me. I can rest in knowing that his heart is always towards me. And that, that revelation, just this, this thing about God's love, has changed my entire outlook on life. You know, it's changed my entire outlook on how I view myself, how I view him, how I view um, other people. And um, in Luke seven forty seven, 47, um, Jesus was talking and he said, he who has forgiven much loves much. And I feel like... Um, when we realize like how much God has taken us through, like how much God has poured out his grace on us, how much God has been there for us when it's been hard. Um, you know, it's like we can love him from that place of knowing that we're radically loved, that we can radically love him in return, that we can radically love others. And, uh, you know, that's that same love that, you know, his love melts self-hatred. It melts depression. It melts low self-esteem. It melts fear of man. 
Um, and that's the big thing for my life this past year. You know, like Todd mentioned, I'm in the school of ministry, kingdom training, school of supernatural ministry. And big thing for me this year is God is breaking off fear of man. And that's like a huge issue, you know, because it, it, fear of man holds us back from doing so much. Like it holds us back from expressing ourselves no matter what it is, whether it's in worship or art or whatever. Fear of man holds us back so much. And what I've learned this year is, you know, that old acronym, you know, how the Christians, you know, we have all these like weird phrases we make up, you know, one of them was false evidence appearing real, you know, for fear. And I just really realized this year, like how true that really is. You know, when when we have fear, we're basically believing a lie from the enemy that, that there's going to be bad, that something's bad going to happen if I step out in faith, if I step out and do what God's called me to do, that something bad is going to happen to me or, you know, someone may make fun of me or someone may not like me and and uh, it's, it's in that place where God, uh, you know, that love that comes in, that melts that fearness. It's like it releases something. It releases that courage. It releases that boldness in us where we don't have to be afraid of what people think. We don't have to be afraid of the repercussions of what we do because God will always defend us. Even when you maybe feel like nobody's for you, God is always for you. Um, he goes before you and his arms are already there. He, fight, he, he goes before you and he, and he fights the, the battles for you, you know, and he never leaves us or forsakes us, um, you know, and God never promised life would be easy, you know, and life is just downright hard sometimes, but God said, I'd always be with you, you know, I'd never leave you and forsake you. And, that, and I've come to a place where I felt like such courage and boldness living from that place where I'm radically loved by a radical God whose heart is always towards me. He's always in a good mood when he looks at me. You know, and he's always with me, even when life gets hard. And there was one day in school this past year where we, uh, a couple of weeks ago, where we listened to this message by Chris Valentin. Um, if you don't know, he's one of the senior leaders of Bethel and uh, amazing speaker. And he was talking about, you know, fear and, um, you know, just fear of man and stuff. And then at the end, one of our leaders, Shandy, some of you know Shandy, he got up and was like, I feel like you guys just... If we all, if we all just drink, you know, no, he was like, if we all get up, I feel like we just, if we just shout, I'm not afraid, you know, so, so all of us get in a line, you know, maybe it took like an hour or something, right, mom, and so we all get in a line, and all of us are just like, I'm not afraid, and the, the roars, and the, just the passion that came out of people, like, even the kind of, like, quiet, like, don't really say much people were just like, ah, like, screaming, and it was so cool to see that, like, come out of him because God is the lion of Judah like he roars inside of us and when we left when we let that out like that shakes the foundations you know and and for me it was huge when I got up there like something broke like it really wrecked me like like fear I'm like from this day forward fear is not gonna hold me back I'm not afraid you know I'm not afraid to express myself the way God has told me to I'm not afraid to speak the truth you know whether some people don't like it or not I'm a you know and but you know speaking the truth in love I'm not afraid you know and so that was huge, and and um, and also low self-esteem. I've dealt with that a lot in my life, you know, just not liking who I am or how I look or how I act, you know, and stuff. And and God, God kind of just comes in and says, you know, I made you unique in my heart. I was, you were made to bring me joy, and um, this is overwhelming love just pouring into those places. So I, I really feel like tonight um, at the end, you know, I want to. Just pray for some of you. I really feel like um, some of you that have been dealing with low self-esteem or depression or self-hatred, like God's going to break that tonight. Like you are free. Like you are free in Christ. 
Um, you know, there's no, you don't have to deal with that anymore. Like from, I feel like this night is kind of like a line in the sand where God's saying, you know, from this point forward, fear doesn't have to hold you back anymore. Low views of yourself don't have to hold you back anymore. And you're not defined by your circumstances. You're not defined by your situations. You're not defined by your social status or who your parents are or who you know or how popular you are. You're defined by your heavenly father who always places immense value on you and immense worth. Um, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, speakers is Bill Johnson, um, senior pastor of Bethel, if you don't know him. My favorite quote by him is he actually has this on the front page of his website. It says, I cannot afford to have a thought in my mind about me that is not in his. And that's something that I really just, yeah, I just, I just love that because it's so true. Like we can't think anything about ourselves that's not in God's heart because that's uh, all lies from the enemy. I cannot afford to have a thought in my head about me that is not in his. That's really powerful. <laughs> um, and um, another thing I heard from Graham Cook once, prophetic speaker dude, if you haven't heard of him, he's awesome as well. He's this British guy that's like, God is brilliant. When we're stupid, God is brilliant. Anyway, Holy Spirit is the brilliant one. Anyway, um, <laughs> Anyway, so he's, I'm paraphrasing this because I don't remember exactly, but he says, God doesn't look at us the way we do. When he looks at us, he doesn't just focus on our faults and shortcomings as we do sometimes. He sees us as who we truly are, our heavenly persona as we're known in heaven. He doesn't just see who we are. He sees we, who we are becoming and who we will be. He sees our identity that's emerging. He sees us as we are now, but he also sees who we're going to be because he sees the end from the beginning you know, even when all we can see in us is weakness, he sees strength. Um, and I just, I really feel like God's going to release identity in this room tonight too, like even more, like you're going to know that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt who you are in God and how he feels about you and how he sees you so that you can live from that place, you know, because so you can live from that joy and that bliss in God that doesn't just have to be when you're in church and, you know, the worship's really hopping. That can be when, you know, when you're at home struggling or you're at home dealing with just life and drama and stuff we go through sometimes that, that the joy, the joy of the Lord is meant to be your strength. It's meant to carry you through those places. It's not just to be meant to be an emotion or a feeling that you experience sometimes. It's meant to be that thing that, that carries you through that rock, that rock, that steadfast foundation that God's placed in your heart that you can live from every day of every day. Um, and uh, I just, uh, my dad and I, this past Friday, went to see Unknown. How many of you guys have seen that movie? <laughs> couple of you? Okay, I won't give it away for you then. But I loved that movie. Like, I haven't seen a movie that great in a long time. Like, that's just my personal review, you know. I figure if the critics hate it, I'll love it. You know, that's kind of how it usually is. But um, <laughs> So there was one, you know, if you don't know about it, it's it's played by Liam Neeson. He's his character. And, uh, yeah, he's like my favorite actor, like serious actor. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so um, he he his his character is like this Doctor Martin Harris. Well, at one point, because he has like all these identities. Anyway, but um, at one point he's you know basically he he's going to Germany with his wife. Finger quote. Won't give it away. But uh, so he goes with his wife to Germany, and um, he's basically there. He thinks to be like a biotechnical biotechnology like summit, and he's supposed to share like his breakthrough in science or whatever you know, and so. But basically, he gets there, and he's in, he's in a car wreck, and, uh, you know, he goes into, like, the river down below, and so he's rescued. But when he comes back, he, he's, he can't really remember who he is, and nobody remembers who he is. Even his own wife is, like, with another guy, and he's, like, and the guy that she's with says he's him, and so it's pretty crazy. 
Um, so he's going to this thing where this movie's all about identity, which was I loved because like he's basically trying to remember like who he is. And and at one point he's sitting down and he's kind of frustrated. He's like in this coffee shop and he says, "We spend more time focusing on and thinking about who people say we are than who we really are." And I thought that was like like us sometimes. Like we spend more time worried about what people think of us than remembering how God thinks about us. Um, and that really gets us down because, um, you know, God has always truth, you know, and sometimes in the world it's a mixture. Even when people come up to you and compliment you, you know, they, you know, we were like, oh, you know, what are their motives? Do they have strings attached? You know, are they trying to get me to do something or um, something like that? Because that was, that was like my church experience in the past before I came to Blazing Fire was a lot of, you know, we're going to, we want you to be in this program so we can say that, you know, you're in and so we feel better about ourselves and, um so it's 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 a lot of that, but it, it's really this quote was just awesome because it's you know as we have to know who our identity is and we have to live from that place, otherwise we can get tossed you know by the wind and the waves of opinions of people or you know the world or what you know what the culture says we should be like and stuff and and then w- w- he goes in the hospital and um at one point the doctor the doctor comes in and um the, the doctor said this too, which I was just like, I wanted to like amen in the middle of the movie theater, but you know. So so the doctor says, the first thing you lose in recovery is your identity. And that reminded me like when I came to Blazing Fire, my family came to Blazing Fire, we were pretty broken. You know, that's kind of Blazing, one of Blazing Fire's mandates is to kind of be a hospital, you know, to provide healing for people that have really come from broken religious church background experiences, you know, whatever. And so... um and so that's that's kind of it. Kind of made me think of myself, like you know, when you're in that place of brokenness, um, and you're healing and you're recovering, you know, you're 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 trying to find out who your identity is, and you're you're kind of getting rid of that identity you've always embraced, and um, and that's where, you know, that's a hard place to be, you know, and even what we embrace in that time of healing, that time where we're hurting and we're recovering may not even be our identity, you know, it's, God, God comes in, and he redefines even what we think we had, um, and, and I just, I just really feel like to encourage you just to be who you are, and, you know, do what God's called you to do, don't worry about what other people think, because some people just aren't going to like us, you know, that's just reality, some people aren't going to like who we are, what we do, you know, some people just aren't going to like us, but, um, but God, but God says, you know, my reward is so much greater. My reward is eternal. Like, this stuff is just temporal. Like, you know, this stuff in this world is all going to pass away. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we want God to be pleased with us. And, you know, he says, I already I already am pleased with you. But I just encourage you, don't let fear of man hold you back from doing what called, God's called you to do. Or even impossible circumstances, don't feel like it's too impossible. Like, dream super big, and then you dream even bigger than that. Like, dream extravagantly, you know, because... You never know, you know, like God is like so sees your heart and so wants to release that in you. Just dream big and and never even think too that any desire is too small because God sees it all, whether it's small or big or in between. Um, because each part of you carry a heart of a part of God's heart that no one else does. Um, on one of the worship DVDs from Bethel, I think it was Kim Walker Smith, she was doing an interview and they were telling, and she had this picture of, she saw like everybody as a different piece of God's heart and when we were all like a puzzle, when we were all put into God's heart, you know. We all fit perfectly, and so that place that you hold in God's heart can't be filled by anyone else, you know? And God never wanted it to be that way, or he, he wouldn't have intended it to be like that. And um, there was a, one night a few years ago, um, I was sitting over there, and um, Candace and Misha had just come back from Bethel, and they were doing this school supernatural ministry, you know, and 
Candace got up, you know how Candace is, some of you know her, she's all just like, yeah, so she gets up and she's like, well, we don't be who God has called us to be, and we try to be like someone else, we are robbing the world of our awesomeness, and I thought like, that is so cool, like it's so like straightforward, but yet it's so profound, you know, when we try and be like somebody else, you know, we do rob the world of our awesomeness, the awesome God that's inside of us, um, and I just want to encourage you to like, don't live for the approval of people, because people will always let you down, you know, even people with the best intentions sometimes, you know, hurt us. Um, just live for God's approval because God's the ultimate one that is going to approve of you. And he cherishes the, the time he spends with you. He cherishes your life. He cherishes every part of you, even those parts that you don't like, that you're like, man, I hate this part about me. Or why do I do this? Or why do I talk like this? Or why do I look like this? Or why am I always frustrated with this? Like God says he even is ravished over that part of your life. Like even the part of you that's like the lowest thing that you like hate. Like God is like, I'm, God pours his love and his river of affection. When he pours it into a place, when he touches the human heart, there is always a reaction. And I just, I just want to reiterate too, um, when I was praying earlier, I just felt, you know, like God says, you know, I'm pleased with you just because you're mine. You know, even if you never do anything for me, like I'm always pleased with you. My love is all-encompassing. My love is greater. It's higher. It's wider. It's farther. It's deeper. It conquers all. You know, it melts that spirit of where we have to strive to be good for God or we have to perform for him to love us. Just his delight and his affection are just so great for each and every one of you. Um, and that's the beauty of grace. It's the beauty of God's love for you. It's the beauty of his, just his, his grace, his unmerited favor that we didn't do anything to deserve it, you know? but we freely receive. And with that same grace, you know, we can give it away. We, we, you know, God calls us as, as we receive, we're giving. As we receive, we're giving. We're, we're his vessel that, you know, we're like a, a vial that he pours into and we pour out over others. With that, you know, those of us who receive grace, you know, at some, you know, and at some point we're going to need to have an opportunity to give it away, you know, and extend it to others, you know, because, you know, there's times that we, you know, have shortcomings or make mistakes or whatever, you know, so, um, and I just really feel like, too, to share with you, um, a couple of years ago um, at the Summer of Jesus Culture um, with Joel Houston from Hillsong was there. Uh, some of you were there. He's awesome. Anyway, um, and he was he was preaching about this thing called the stage, and he was just talking about, like, the stage, you know, and he's he leads worship and teaches on, you know, he stages thousands, you know, across the world, you know, across the globe, and... Uh, you know, he was saying, you know, that, that all of us live for the stage. We live for that stage in some way. We, we, we feel like, you know, once we get to that place where people notice us or we're leading worship or we're playing on a worship team or we're preaching or, you know, whatever, that, that that's when we've arrived. And the truth is we've never arrived because we're always on this journey with God. There's always more to experience. He always wants to take us higher and deeper in him. And that's kind of the world's, this, this thing of the world's value system of how, you know, you know, the world defines value by what you have, you know, your possessions, possessions, your riches, you know, who you know, you know, who knows you. But God turns it upside down, you know, and it says, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall receive the kingdom of God, you know. You know, like Jesus said in Matthew 5, 3, you know, those who are poor in the world are some of the richest people in God's eyes, you know. And it's, you know, it's, def you know, if if we define it by who we know, well, we know God, and God's the greatest figure in the world, you know, so, you know, we know God, and God knows us, um, and you're never forgotten, like, even if you feel like, 
Why does no one ever notice me? Like, why do I just feel like I'm little old me? Like, I come in here and I sit or, you know, whatever, like at school, like no one talks to me or whatever. Like, um, I just want to encourage you that you're not alone. I've been there, you know, and God just wants to let you know that he sees you. He sees you individually. Like, you're not lost in a sea of faces. Like, God sees you. And he's able to communicate and commune with you individually. That even when you're in a huge stadium or a huge conference, God is so in his extravagance and his sovereignty, he's able to to touch your heart even as everyone in the room is experiencing God. Like he's able to like make that an open heaven over you right there and just minister to you. That you're never forgotten, you're never alone, you're never there's God always has time for you. Um and you know, another thing that uh Joel said about this thing about the stage is, you know, our value was crucified to the cross with God, with Jesus, you know, and, and our value was reborn, you know, as God's value. So it's like what we think was our value, like it died with God, you know, and, and we take it up again with his, his, his view on our value, with his, with his perspective, um, you know, because God said, you know, he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and that's what Jesus was, you know. Like, I love the Misty Edwards song, Servant of All, you know, she's saying, you know, I want to be with you where you are, you're the servant of all, you know, it's an inside, outside, upside down kingdom, you know, where you lose to gain and uh, you lose to uh, gain and you die to live, and that's the truth, you know, it's, you know, we, um, we, we die to ourselves, we die to, um, you know, we die to our, our past, and our human nature, and God sees all, every one of you as blameless, he sees every one of you as pure when all you can maybe see inside you is your own weakness or your own struggles. That God God sees you as perfect. You've been made perfect in Christ. Um, you're blameless before him. You know, it's you can boldly approach him with without being afraid of, um, you know, being judged or condemned because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, and you just, you, you know, you're so worth it to God. And, you know, God sees greatness in you even when you feel like you're not great. Like God has called you to greatness. He's called each one of you to greatness, to be forerunners for God, you know, to be to be carriers of the wildfire everywhere you go. You know, it doesn't have to be a once a week thing on a Monday. You know, every, everywhere you guys go, I know a lot of you go to other churches. You know, you have other youth groups or other little small groups or your school or your Christian club, like, um, and don't despise the day of small beginnings, you know, like those of you who are involved in a Christian club or whatever, don't think, man, if I'm not pastoring a huge church that I'm not making a difference. Like, you know, God says, you know, if we're faithful in the little, he, he, he releases even more, you know, he gives us greater and bigger things. Um, and so I just encourage you to, you know, just, just be who God's called you to be, where he's placed you, you know, because that's how we change the world is one person at a time doing what God's called them to do wherever they are, you know, because we can't be, you know, we can't live in Africa and live here, you know what I mean? So it's like God's people that have said yes to him in their hearts and, you know, who are following God or following hard after God and are listening to his heart or getting his heart, who are living from his heart of how much he's ravished over them and how much he loves them. God will use you so mightily wherever you go. You're all called to be leaders. You're all called to lead something and whatever it is, you know. And so um, I just really feel like now as I wrap this up, like I said earlier, like if you just want um, just to know how much God loves you even more um, or just know like your royalty in God. And I just really feel like too, you know, like I said, God's, if you've been dealing with uh, like low self-esteem or self-hatred or depression or just detesting parts of yourself, despising, but in yourself, like don't be afraid to come forward. Like we're all, we all love you. We're all in this with you. You know, we're all in it together. Um, and so I just, 
if you know if if that if you if your spirit witnesses to any of those things um myself or Todd or one of the leaders would love to pray for you so thank you you guys are amazing <laughs>